This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello Dreamers and welcome to The Dreamers Disease with myself Alex Manzi where we hear the stories of someone inspirational who's out in the world and following their passions and dreams because it's the disease of dreaming and not doing that causes us to live unhappy lives. So we try to gain some wisdom and motivation from each episode. So this week, episode 54, is a very, very special one because this is the audio from the live show that we put on last month and it's with an amazing friend of mine called Megan Roxanne and those of you who have been following the podcast for a while will remember Megan from episode 10. She's the founder of The Good Quote and they have over 30 million followers online and they basically just put out positivity and inspirational quotes and videos online via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and they do amazing work essentially. So I was very, very excited to welcome Megan back onto the podcast to pick up our conversation, to bring it in front of a live audience. And I'm so happy that I'm able to share that with you guys. And the chat was about, you know, Megan's journey through starting her business and her personal transformation and journey through the whole process of that, the importance she's found of self-discipline, why she steers clear of negativity and her belief in the greater good. So before we jump in, I just want to thank you for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also be sure to check out the Instagram account, the underscore dreamers disease. So without any more waiting around, let's jump straight in and hear Megan's story. We have a round of applause for Megan. Thanks. How's it going? It's good. It's great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you yeah. for having me as your first guest. First live guest, yeah. Yes. Well, this is, do you know what's crazy is you, you tweeted earlier and I forgot that we actually did our very first recording probably exactly a year ago, which is yeah. the first time we met. And within that year, we've both done so much together, separately, and it feels like a really nice moment because this is your, that was your first podcast interview. Yeah. This is your first live podcast interview interview and this is my first live show so we're ticking a, a lot of boxes um obviously uh, for those in the room who don't know who you are what you do can you tell us just a little brief about you know what it is you do yeah why you're so here? i um i have a platform called the good um we currently have 32 million followers uh, our biggest page is the good quote it stands at 14.1 million followers and we get about 700, 650 to 700 million impressions a week. And the whole brand's mission is to give this world good energy. And we do that by um, creating affirmations, quotes. We have um, just started a podcast. We work with writers. We distribute their content. I personally started creating picture quotes in 2011. And nobody at the time was doing that. Um, so that's why I was able to get a huge influx of followers at the time. And yes, literally where we are now. We have about 5,000 verified accounts that follow us and interact. And it's just the pages are really active. But the most important thing is that we, I personally wanted to be able to create an environment online that I needed when mm -hmm. I was going through a depression. And... I'm still trying to perfect that. Yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> your main motivation for starting it was what? Okay, so... And how did it start as well? My friend, I had a friend when I was in high school, in year 10, who committed suicide. And I think I was... I really only acknowledged this probably about last year, that I was going through a, a low moment, I would say depression, 
since I was 15 all the way to maybe 20 and nothing really was working and I couldn't find any place of reassurance or anywhere online. Um, so I found Tumblr and Tumblr at the time was a new community where artists, creatives can just create their own communities and share their work. And so I went on there and at the time I stayed in my room for about six months. I didn't speak to any of my friends. I dropped out of uni. I quit my job. I didn't leave my room for ages. My mum was bugging. <laughs> like, so um, I was in a really strange place and I was listening to Wiz Khalifa. Um, he had a mixtape called um, Christian Orange Juice yeah. and he had a song on there called The Statement and the chorus went something like... Um, this isn't the life that we chose, but it's the life that we're living. And we belong on the top, but we'll get there in a minute. And I had that on repeat for like the whole day. And so I went onto Tumblr, made an account. I found a picture of Wiz Khalifa. I put it on Photoshop. I went onto Photoshop. I then slapped the lyrics on top of the picture. I added a, like a dark filter, uploaded it to Tumblr and Literally, I had no followers. And then literally I woke up the next day to like 20,000 followers. Jeez. And people were just like, more, more, mm. more, you know. And I couldn't believe how many people followed. It was like 20,000. And at the time I was in debt with my mum for like, I maxed out like three of her credit cards because I was trying to start like loads of different ventures. Mm. And um, I just kept making picture quotes from his from his album and then I started finding like inspirational lyrics from hip hop songs and um I was using other people's photographs. I think three days later I opened up a store. Um I was selling cool story bro jumpers. At the time the saying was cool story bro and um I put that on a few jumpers and t-shirts and by the end of that month, I made 36,000 pounds. So I, I literally just left a job. I was working for a prison. Uh, I was working as, um, I was just like supervising a program that the prisoners were doing. That's literally all I was doing. It was what, probably one of the best jobs I've ever had and I was there for two years, mm. but I was only making like seven pound 50 an hour. And yeah, so to go from seven pound 50, no job for like six months, and then like launching a blog three days later, started a store, <laughs> end of the month, 36 grand. And then at the end of the, the, that second quarter, I made my first 250. Yeah. Um, and I just, just kept- off, off the merchandise. Just off the merchandise, literally. But then PayPal shut me down because I was operating uh, the business through a personal account and not a business account. So it was just a lot of like ups and downs, a lot of lessons and, it was so chaotic, but throughout that time, I was just sourcing picture quotes, just creating picture quotes and sourcing lyrics. And I kept getting DMCA notices because I was using other people's work. So I had to stop doing that. And then I realized that most of my audience were young people my age and the messages that, were get that I was getting were like, I'm going through this, can you post more about this? And so I started posting more quotes like from Thomas Jefferson and nobody reblogged them. Mm -hmm. So I went onto Twitter and I found maybe five or six writers, um, a girl called Dulcie Ruby, Rachel Walchin, Kia, um, Melanda Jean Clue, um, and this guy called Scotty Waves. And yeah. they were all writing about the same type of topics, you know, love, depression, 
encouragement, empowerment. So I was using their content and it just blew. And then I started writing my own. And then that was going on for about two years. So this was like 2011 to 2012, beginning of 2013. Mm. And then in 2013, um, my mother got cancer. And so I had to, I stopped everything. And it was really hard because it's just myself and her. So instead of blogging picture quotes, I started asking people for help. And I was doing like loads of research into like alternative cancer treatments and um, that's when somebody introduced me to Akala and um, Shaka Bars at the time and I got in touch with them and they literally changed my whole that my whole mind frame in regards to nutrition and my mother then went to be a vegan yeah. and she adopted the vegan lifestyle so we literally blitzed our house went to a farmer's market which was so weird like my mum hasn't been to Tesco's for like five years <laughs> you know like we get everything from farmer's markets or like organic shops now yeah. even the deodorant we use is just it's, we don't use sprays we don't use any of that stuff anymore but I'm not vegan I'm part time <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be part time but, but yeah so you know 2013 was a really interesting year and then I met my business partner in 2013 and he came to me um with this folder full of all of these ideas and he mm. was like we need to get off Insta- we need to get off Tumblr and go onto Instagram yeah. and I was so scared because I was thinking it was out of my comfort zone yeah. and he was like we could do this we could do that so at the end of 2013 we launched an Instagram page called The Good Quote um, my previous blog was called Cushion Wisdom and there was no way that anyone was going to work with me yeah. or the company <laughs> called Cushion yeah. Wisdom so we, re- we, we rebranded to The Good and we received like our first one million followers in, in that month. Wow. It was at, crazy. At, at this point, had you decided then that you wanted to turn it into a brand and a business? Yeah. Literally, after Wale explained to me the possibilities, because he was always looking for a project to jump onto and, you know, work with. And because he's just, his head is crazy. It's full of ideas, but he's more structured. I'm head in the clouds. <laughs> you know, so it was, it, it made sense. And, yeah, the first thing we did was we just secured all the names. So it was the good quote, the good quote.co, the good fitness, everything. Anything that's, that was around the whole well-being, you know, topic, yeah. that's what we tried to secure. And then we just started posting picture quotes and we started working with more writers. Um, and I mean, writers like RM Drake and Alex L and all these established writers now. We were working with them from years back. And yeah, we just kept growing and we grew at a rate of like 5 million a year. Wow. And it was just huge. And to this day, like out of 780 million Instagram accounts, we're like top 250. Jeez. And it's, it's, it's just wild. Yeah. It's just wild, the type of things that, the type of messages that we get. And it makes me happy knowing that these pages and these platforms are, it's, I'm, I'm almost was able to create what it was that I was looking for. Yeah. So... Yes. I love that. The fact that you said it at the very start as well, that you wanted, you created something that you were looking for, but couldn't find. Yeah. And I also love the fact that the first ever picture quote was a Wiz Khalifa lyric, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, what I find incredible is the kind of journey that you've gone on in that time through, you know, the depression to creating this page to what your mum went through to then meeting your business partners and then, creating another brand and a business through that whole process 
How have you grown as a person? I think, okay, so around 2011 and 12, um, came into a lot of money, as I explained. Um, and I'm very honest, I was extremely conceited. You know, I had all of this money and it was just, I, I couldn't explain how it was coming in. I mean, Google AdSense back in 2011 was paying crazy amounts of money. Mm. Like my Tumblr was making 10 grand a month, you know, and top of the sales. <laughs> and people started to abuse it um, by, you know, placing their ads next to places that people would click. And I think Google kind of clocked on around 12, 2012 and they just scrapped it. And, um, you know, when, you, when you're young, I was only 21 at the time. So, you know, my attitude went from being very low and depressed to having a lot of income to becoming quite conceited. And then, you know, when I, I was in New York at the end of 2012 and I just kept getting bombarded with these, these it was like an inner voice telling me that like my house is under attack and my mum's yeah. under attack. I think I was telling you this before. Yeah, yeah. And in New York, so much, so many things happened. I went with one of my best friends and we were arguing all the time and, I just kept seeing so many things. I was seeing a lot of homeless people. I was seeing a lot of poverty, a lot of crime. Um, and then at the same time, I was, seeing, I was in Manhattan, so I was seeing loads of richness as well. And it really humbled me and it showed me how people work and how people really hustle. You know, I always think that New York is like London times 10. And then as soon as I came back from New York, literally that same week, my mum found a lump. And just after, just after that, I realised how quickly you know, your whole life can change. So money and all this kind of stuff, it just, it, it literally started to make me feel ill because even though, you know, we live in this world where we think that as soon as we get rich, all of our dreams are going to come true. <laughs> but then that's when you're most lonely yeah. because it's not, you don't want these things anyway. You know, your life is, con your life is complete when you have good health and good friends and good family. So if you're not happy within, it doesn't matter what you try to mask it with, it's not gonna make you happy. And I had to learn that the hard way, mm. you know? So how did I grow as a person? I became more business-wise, like even meeting my business partner, he put me onto so much knowledge, even up to today. Um, him being Nigerian and I'm West Indian, there's such a difference between the two cultures, you know? So he's just very everyday, watching documentaries, reading books. So I literally listen to a book every, every day. I, I, I listen to an audio book every day. I read a book every week. I'm watching documentaries like every single day. He taught me discipline and structure. My mother with her veganism and just her faith has taught me so much as well. And then friends, like seeing my friends who were there in the beginning and who aren't and who supported me and having friends around me who, who aren't shy to tell me about myself, you yeah, know? Yeah. So all of these things, they have helped me grow as a person. And now all I'm really concerned with is like maybe the quality of my character, raising my vibrations, eating right. You know, I'm trying to just consistently evolve into a better person. Mm. But, you know, we, we still still on this journey. So I, I love the transformation that I've made yeah. through this whole time. It's been amazing, yeah. honestly. And do you know what, even, even the transformation I've seen from you over the last 12 months has this, been this year was crazy it's been massive yeah because this year was wild. i feel like you've you've come out of your shell a little bit more yeah we're trying to at least <laughs> um and you've kind of just like when we first met you were glowing but like even now you're like even more glowing with just yeah. like i don't know some sort of super zen that i'm trying to reach or something i'm not sure do you know when we first met i came out of a really bad relationship uh, I remember, yeah. remember i was telling you yeah, yeah. so it was like 
I was so, I don't know what was happening. I was still trying to find myself because yeah. I lost myself. And then I just kept, I met you, then I met the Slumflower Shadira, then I met Hussein, and then Hussein introduced me to all of these people. And then we just all just started, it's like magnets. We all just started to connect mm. and everyone's different, everyone's projects. And we just ended up supporting each other. And here we are now. So mm. you, like meeting you was great. That I, I will never forget that day. Cause <laughs> it was just, likewise. yeah, it was just interesting. Just, just, you know, sometimes you feel alone on this journey yeah. as an entrepreneur, you really do. You don't feel that other people are waking up at four or five and other people are struggling and, you know, or just hustling. And then I just remember that conversation we were having and I was thinking, okay, I need to do more of my time. <laughs> Alex is out here. <laughs> but it was, it was, yeah, this year has been really yeah. incredible. It really has been. Yeah, well, you, you kind of just touched on the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, having that dedication and that consistency, you know, these things don't run themselves, like be it no. a podcast, be it a club night, be it a art project, be it a whatever, let alone having an Instagram accounts that have 30 million plus followers, like they don't <laughs> run themselves. No. So like, how important for you is the consistency? Consistency is like, it's the, it's the only thing. I mean, I just bought a book today, um, yesterday from Amazon um, called Traction. Everyone should get it. Um, it's, it's an amazing book for business. Um, consistency is literally the only one of the only ingredients you really need in this in social media you know you can have the great office you can have loads of great staff all these ideas if you're not being consistent mm. it's not going to work and that's something I've had to learn as well um, and I'm not as consistent as I could be if I was I'll probably have a hundred million followers <laughs> by now but you know being consistent means that you have to be disciplined and then you have to put yourself in into this role every single day there's no days off because even just taking a day off on social media if you decide not to post for a day your impressions go down everything changes and then it takes you about a week to get back to, to to where you were last you know consistency for me is just like i said it's the main ingredient you just you, you've you've it's it's so it's it's sad to see so many talented people on social media who are just not consistent mm. like okay for instance this is this is my theory you have somebody like Michael Dapper and then Moda Comedian. Yeah, yeah. They started last year or the year before. There's another guy out there called um, Castillo. Um, he does really funny oh, videos. He's yeah. from the East. He posted a video today and he was basically saying, because it's his birthday today, he was saying that a year ago, he, he this was a completely different time for him, but he's been posting consistently every single week. And he went from being unknown to his video being on the news in Jamaica, you know? Wow. So, and then yeah. look at Michael Dapper. He went from just being someone who works in a phone shop to being like one of the biggest comedians that's ever broken through on the internet. And music artist as yeah, well. A yeah, a music artist. <laughs> and that's literally because he was consistent. He posted every single day yeah. or like every, at least a three or four times a week. If you haven't got that in you, there's no point. Just, mm. just don't don't waste your time because you're you're not going to get the results and you're going to be disappointed. You have to post every day. You have mm. to figure out. Okay, I'm going to sleep X amount of time, X amount of hours. I'm going to work X amount of hours, and then I'm going to have maybe one or two hours a day leisure, and then the rest of the hours I'm going to work because it will pay off. The first year is going to be difficult, but if you make a video every single day, by the end of that year, one of those videos would have gone viral, mm -hmm. at least one. And that's, that's, that's consistency. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if people don't have the time or we get distracted. But I was having a conversation the other day, sorry, about why 
you know people like Elvis Presley or Jimi Hen- yeah, yeah, Hendrix yeah. like why were they so great it's because they had no distractions could, could you imagine back then there was no social media there was no there was barely phones yeah. <laughs> like the TVs were just nonsense so they had nothing else to do but focus on their craft yeah. and by doing that they became legends so why don't you do that for yourself mm. simple like, and I think you touched on it very well when you spoke about discipline yeah because I find even for me for example and I, I did a, another short um, podcast on this recently mm. self-discipline's everything like you know my cousin's here now he sees I come home from work we live together I come home from work and I do three hours <laughs> he's putting his hand up three hours of work at my laptop after I get home I could quite easily chill sit on the sofa watch Love Island with him or whatever right. yes he's a Love Island fan um, but <laughs> me too but I, could, I, could, I could do that but I want to do the three hours work because what I'm putting my passion into is this yeah and being here is a kind of product of that you know and without that discipline to do it every day it won't get done and it's not gonna do itself no you know and i try to eliminate all those distractions you just spoke about you know so i think the discipline side of things is really important also the motivation and i know for you you've got motivation behind what you do so can you tell us like a bit about where that comes from um okay the motivation that i get it's quite, it's, it's, it's different. So for instance, as a, a black woman from the West Indies, I always have to take in consideration the people that came before me. So my friend who's literally sitting in here, she's always telling me about, you know, um, energy and karma and our ancestors, etc., etc. So when I go back to the West Indies, my I got family from both ends of the spectrum. I got family that are extremely wealthy and I got family that are extremely poor. Mm. If I go back to the house that my mother was born in, it's still a shack. So yeah. I have to look at that and that is my beginnings because that's my that's where my great grandmother lived. Do you know what I'm saying? That's where my mother was born. So I have to look at that and think, okay, my great grandmother was an indentured servant, the daughter of an indentured servant from East India, who then gave birth to my grandmother, who came over here in the Windrush, and she was getting spat in the face by mm-hmm. working in the NHS. And then mm-hmm. my mother came over here, and she was younger, and she was like 14, and she had to work her way from being like a fabric cutter all the way to an accountant. And then there's me. So how can I? dishonor these people that came before me by just being a bum or not doing anything i can't do that it doesn't make any sense to me so my motivation comes from the people before me they didn't complain they just got on with it you know so in this day and age where things are still bad but they're not that deep compared Mm. to how things used to be you know i have no real excuses i have access to one of the biggest things that's ever come into this world which is social media I think social media is like one of the you can make anything of yourself on social media if you just give yourself the right amount of time and discipline and we have that at our fingertips and it's free so you know I was having this conversation with my business partner yesterday and we were talking about how business is changing if you look at Kylie Jenner you know it's crazy obviously I'm not going to say that she started from the bottom because she (laughs) didn't but the fact is she my business partner was saying it potentially she can go on the market yeah. herself as Kylie Jenner not even a business like people you can we're in that place now where you can make a business out of yourself mm. so you've got influencers right now that are you know wearing basic clothing from all of these boutiques or whatever but you've got other influencers who are turning themselves into businesses do you there's the, the, the limits are endless right now of what mm. we can do with social media so 
my motivation comes from the fact that I have to honour the people that came before me. I have to honour their struggles and their stories. I have to be able to prove to people around me what I can do. I have my family to answer to. You know, it's like if if you're in the West Indies and you got family in 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 the West, they see that as like foreign, right? And you <laughs> need to you need to make something of yourself. Yeah. I can't go back to Trinidad and be like, oh, you you live in England. That's what they say. You live in England, so what's your excuse? Mm. I can't I can't do that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So for me, like the determination to succeed is it, it's what literally wakes me up in the morning, mm. and then. I think to myself, like, you know, when we all pass on and ascend, how am I supposed to look at, like, my ancestors in the eye and say to them, oh, do you know what? In my time, it was so hard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. I'm sorry about slavery and that, but in my time, it was so my hard. Time, like, I had to, like, deal with my Facebook and my <laughs> you know Instagram. Don't talk to me about Snapchat. <laughs> so yeah. how, am I, how can I honestly have that conversation? I'm mm-hmm. not willing to, to be in that predicament at all. So as long as I'm alive and my heart is beating and I'm healthy, I'm going for it. Like, mm. full throttle, I'm going for it. Mm. And that's my motivation. You know, and I, I rarely meet people who have the same type of, you know, drive you Shadira all of these people that we've Mm. met this year we all seem to have like that same kind of passion to move forward and you know you guys inspire me as much as vice versa Mm. and I just think it's it's it's, you need to have that that sense of resilience and 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 that's where my motivation comes from yeah yeah so it had to go very deep no but you know (laughs) that that touch is so deep for me as well coming from a family of Italian immigrants it's the same thing you know I've seen my family build up a successful business and then, you know, sell that on. And then, you know, even my mum and dad, the way they worked and stuff. So it's, it's very similar. Mm. And I said on uh, another episode with Anika Allen, how I went back to Italy in uh, April, I think it was for Easter, to my nonna's house. And mm. it's literally, again, my cousin will testify for this. It's literally a house on a mountain with like three houses as part of the village. And you look out and all you see is trees. That's how remote it is. <laughs> and cool. I just thought to myself, like my life could be so different yeah I'm so blessed to live in London and to have these opportunities yeah and it made me just think I need to work harder yeah like even like I need to double down go super hard on everything and I get that from what you were saying that's why I'm like oh, yes he's speaking to me right now but we come, to my we, soul. we come from the sacrifice generation mm, you yeah. know and and we have to let these people before us know that their sacrifices meant something you know, and that's literally all we have to do as people. Just make sure that we can do better than the people before us and then make sure we leave a better world for the people that are mm. coming after us. And that's that's it. So, you know, by doing that, I, I genuinely believe we all have like a soul mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I feel like people are very distracted by things like worldly things. And I think if you was to shut yourself and disconnect from the world and really figure out what it is that you are supposed to do mm. to add you know what is what like is value and yeah like yeah. how is your light going to add value to this world yeah and i think if you dedicate your time or your life to that you would live a very fulfilling mm. life not saying that people aren't but you know so yeah. and so on this journey that you've gone on with everything right obviously not everything's been rosy as you've already touched on but like what are the kind of the challenges you faced within you know not only your life but building the business and like what are the L's you've taken you know all of those things there like give us give, give us some of the, the tough times as well um the l's i had uh okay so in 2014 
literally, I had about 750,000 followers on a good quote. And that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I feel the pain. <laughs> that was in the beginning. And somebody, my cousin's friend approached me and he, he said he wants to, uh, I, I was looking for investment. I was looking for 300,000 to build an app and a website and get some staff, et cetera, et cetera. And he came on board and from the get go, I just knew that it was wrong, but I was so desperate because my mum just recovered from cancer and I really need to get back on my feet and Tumblr was dying. So I had to like move over to Instagram and wasn't making as much money. So we went with it and it was probably one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. What happened was he was, that person was trying to take my company basically. Mm. And because I own my IP outside of the business, they were literally trying to force me to sign over my IP to the mm. business so that they can own it. And what they were doing at the same time was they were putting, um, they were spending on behalf of the business. And I didn't know that if regardless if, if you have a percentage in the business or not, if you are spending money for the business and I can't pay you back, then yeah. the business is in debt to you. And until I can pay you back, you can take the business. Okay. I didn't know that. I know it's not that simple, but that's literally what started to happen. Yeah, yeah. So we had to um, we had to pay back something like under 150 grand. Jeez. And we paid that off in like four months. And we did that by opening up the good quote to advertising, which I never wanted to do because my platform wasn't a walk-in advert. It was mm. a place for people to get motivation and empowerment. And... You know, I went through working with different companies. I remember I worked with a yogurt company. And people were like, what's this? And then we worked with a weight loss company from America. And because I was such in a rush to get it, the advert over and done with, I just put it on without looking. And then we lost like 250,000 followers in like a week. Wow. Yeah, that was really tough. hard. That's tough. That was hard. That's tough times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that was hard. <laughs> and that was because the advert was, it started off with a pink background and the, the skinny person was running and then they stopped running and they got really fat. Yeah. And then the, the advert was like, you're fat, you're unhealthy, lose weight, you're disgusting. Da, 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 da. That's literally what it was saying. And people were just unfollowing yeah. and it just messed everything up. Jeez. And yeah throughout that whole time we were just literally trying to find money from everywhere to get this person off our case yeah i lost i went from like a size 14 16 to like a 10 in a month Jeez. i lost so much weight i was shaking like this yeah. i stopped shaking like the end of last year i thought i had parkinson's <laughs> and then my business partner just lost loads of weight and he was just having random nosebleeds and like loads of bumps just wow. appearing in his body yeah. and these this is the type of stress that we were like Taking, taking on because somebody tried to come in and take our company mm. and it was probably the worst thing I've ever had to go through but if I didn't go through that I would have never picked up the resilience that I have now mm. you know there were so many tactics that they were playing while we were you know unaware of what their actual agenda was so you know divide and conquer and all of these crazy things they were trying to do for my business partner and myself and I learned so many lessons from then up mm. to now. What, I mean, what would be the biggest learnings? The biggest learning... You can't trust everybody. Mm. Can't trust everybody. Um, you have to be really careful of who you confide in. Um, what you deem as valuable and someone else might just see it as a means to make money and mm. they're not going to value what you value. So... I, can't, I don't know. The biggest lesson I think I've learned through this whole time is to always listen to your gut. 
my intuition is something that I literally obey now. Um, you know, when you go against your gut feeling, things always end up going wrong. <laughs> so mm. um, most of my biggest lessons are just personal things. But in regards to business, consistency, regardless of what you're going through, you have to still be consistent. Mm. And that's really hard. And I think another big lesson I learned was the importance of discipline. So before, because I've been an entrepreneur for like the last, I don't know, eight years, um, didn't really have to wake up at nine. <laughs> wake up whenever you want, go to sleep whenever you want, um, which was detrimental to everything. And as soon as I started putting order and structure into my life, everything just changed. You know, the, the difference between working and working smart, that alone mm. is crazy. You think you're working because you're staring at Gmail all night and you're trying to answer emails. You know, delegation, that's another huge thing that I learned. Um, a really good website that we use now and then is Upwork, where you can hire freelancers to do things for you. You know, so all of these things I had to learn overnight and listen listen to people who are giving you advice. So my mother's old boss, I hired him seven years ago as my financial advisor. Mm. And I never listened to him once because you know, I thought I could do it all by myself. And <laughs> the worst decision ever. And um, he's still with me now. He's literally handling a deal that we're trying to move forward into. And if I had have listened to him from the beginning, I would have never been in that predicament. Yeah. But I had to in order to, I think you have to go through a lot of, pain in order to grow as a person yeah. and develop into a stronger version of yourself so I don't regret any L that's happened but yeah I think discipline, listening um, mm. those are the two biggest lessons I think yeah. I've learned and it, it's really interesting what you just said there about you know using those experiences to or understanding that those experiences have shaped you Yeah, and this is something that I've spoken about quite a lot recently but also try to fully understand myself recently is that everything I've been through previously doesn't really matter because that's what has shaped who I am today. And yeah. I think that's a very important message for people to understand because we tend to hang on to the past a little bit too much and not just like be in this moment, but also look at life in the sense of there's plenty of opportunities to come. Yeah. Like what has, what has been is literally, you know, gone or whatever the saying is. And I think that's something that a lot of people should at least try to understand a bit more for themselves. Yeah, it's definitely. It's so powerful. I mean, like, your obstacles were designed for you. Yeah. You know, you, you're, I always say, like, whatever it is that you want to achieve, your biggest ever goal is literally at the end of the room. Mm. It's just that you have to, you're, you're not, you don't withhold the strength to carry it. You know, if you, you, you would see, like, the skinniest guy go to the gym and he would look at the, the muscliest guy, like, the, the guy full of all the muscles. He can't lift up his weights. Mm. You know, he has I to... I slightly do that sometimes. <laughs> you have to... Okay, but you have to... <laughs> you have to, like... You have to train. You have to start off the lightest weights first. And then, eventually, you're going to be able to pick up the weights that he's carrying. Mm. But before you can get there, you've got to go through the pain... You've got to go through all the discipline. You've got to go through the 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 the, the, the hard nights and the hard the early starts. You got you got to change your diet. You got to go through all kind of things before you can end up looking like him. Mm. And then he can pick up the weight. And that's the same thing with your goal. You know, if you, your goal is literally just there, but you are not strong enough to to, to pick it up. Mm. And in order for you to pick it up, you've got to go through so much pain, so much, so many things. Not even pain, but just so many lessons in order to strengthen your character. And yeah. then you'll be able to like acquire all of yeah. your goals. And people don't believe that. They don't even think that's 
you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they were like, you don't have to sacrifice to, 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 to obtain anything. I'm just like, what world are you living in? Mm. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, anything that you, all the obstacles that come into your life, it is designed for you. Yeah. Even down to like people who leave your life, whether it's like friendships or people who pass on, like everything is synchronized. Everything is supposed to happen, you know? So it's up to you how you handle it. I know people in my life who something happened to them when they were young and they're like 65 and they're still crying over that thing and they've never moved on. And now when they move, when they pass, that's their life is just going to be a metaphor for people to say, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. They didn't do anything. I, you can't do that. You've got to, you've, you've literally got to go through problems, find solutions and keep it moving. Otherwise mm. you're never going to, grow mm. or evolve or do anything you're just going to stay stagnant and what stands still yeah. dies <laughs> and also like knowing that every moment is literally a fresh start yeah i think that's really important what i'm going to do right now is open up for anyone who might have some questions for megan or myself does anyone have a question someone put their hand up anton <laughs> so you mentioned that book traction yeah I made a little note of that yeah you get should that. definitely get that um I'm interested, how did you come across that? How did you come across, like, these little resources? Like, how did you see that? Um, a friend of mine, who used to be a client, he put me in touch with a guy called Joe Polish, literally last... OK, so the day that England played Croatia mm. and lost. He put, I, I was, I was FaceTiming a guy called Joe Polish, and he is one of the biggest um, marketing entrepreneurs in the world. He currently makes 15 million a year by just connecting people and putting on seminars. And I spoke to him because I want help with speaking and he knows everybody. And he actually invited me to come and speak at his seminar in October, which is wild. And um, where's that? um, That's going to be in Arizona. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, it's called the Genius Network. You should look that up. It's literally like a seminar full of people who, like the world's biggest entrepreneurs and millionaires or whatever. And speaking to him, he was telling me that every single person who's going into business, whether it's social media, every young person should literally read the book Traction and study it. Just reread it as many times as you can. Because, I mean, I flipped through it this morning and I saw like a million gems. (laughs) I was just literally highlighting things in my highlighter. So I would advise everyone to get that book. And it's literally nine ninety nine on Amazon. Everyone's taking notes now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's how I, how I came across things. But mostly the way I come across resources is by talking. You don't, like people have so much information in them, which is why I love talking to strangers because you don't know, like you probably read a book that I would never come across. And the only way I'm ever going to find that out is if I speak to you. Mm. So most of the time when I come across resources is conversations with other people or just listening to podcasts online, like, or just... I don't know, YouTube comments, you know, if I'm listening to an audio book, just, it's, it's all out there. It's mm. very, it's very easy. Have find. you got any tips for like quick reading? Because I am so slow at reading the book. Like I think I speak at a slower rate or read at a uh, slower rate than I speak. Do you know what? Like... I was, I was in Jamaica last month. I got take, I, I got invited over there to document a literary festival and I met so many dope people out there. And I met a woman called Afua who is a journalist and she was, talking to me about there's a way there's a program that you can learn where it teaches you how to read 20,000 words in five minutes oh, sign me up it sounds crazy but that's how journalists read yeah. 
because you have to think they they can write up to like five thousand words a day, you mm. know, or like within a couple of hours, and they also have tactics of how to read quickly. So I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. I can barely remember the conversation, but sight reading. Sight reading. Thank you. Auntie. Yes, <laughs> sight reading. Yes, I do. I was crazy. Sight reading. You should definitely look that up. That's the best way to to um, digest as much information as possible. But I know it's not everything. I think it's a few words or a few things. Yeah. Whatever it is that you're looking for, I think you'll find it, and then yeah. you'll 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 teach yourself how to blur out everything else. Mm. I'm I'm not particularly sure. It's just after one conversation, yeah. but that is definitely. I'm going to definitely reading. check that out. Has yeah. Anyone else want to ask a question? We've got to we'll go <laughs> ladies first. You're going to have to come speak into the mic. You don't have to. I'm happy to repeat the question. Who do you do for fun? I feel like as the entrepreneur that you are, like, we know that you're <laughs> <laughs> So question is, with your leisure time, how do you have fun, basically? <laughs> because you're obviously so busy working on what you do. What um, do you do for fun and how do you get that leisure time? I meet up with friends and family and literally that's that's it if I'm not at my friend's house which is her house it's funny she's asking <laughs> that <laughs> if I'm not at my I'll friend's house <laughs> um, if I'm not at Sabir's house or London City Nexus house then I um, what I do for fun is I'm at friend's house I go to the gym now and then I might go for a walk um, I might go and speak to family anything that just requires me to shut down mm. yeah so I try and do that as many times as I can like during the week mm. just maybe one to three hours a day sometimes it gets longer than that but I think the hours that I do is crazy I wake up at like six I'm not I don't stop working until like midnight you right. know so mm. during that time I will take like a couple of hours off and I might just randomly mm. call a friend and say let's go here the only thing is most of my friends do work or are either entrepreneurs or nine to fivers, so not they're not on the same time scale as me. So mm-hmm. if that fails, I might just like watch Love Island. And stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Omnibus of Love Island. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, the way I the way I have fun is I switch off. I literally yeah. switch off because. And I read something the other day when they were saying that people that have um, jobs that require a lot of emotion, they end up doing really strange things when they switch off. You know, like people do a lot of drugs or they might watch loads of reality TV shows. So you get like the most smartest people in the world watching like loads of trash TV. Mm. It's because you have to switch off and then you have to readapt to everyday, like this world. Otherwise, if you spend so much time in that world, you're just going to drive yourself crazy, you know? So having fun is very easy, yeah. Yeah, so it's a fine balance, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You should definitely find... One more question. Do you want to come into the mic or...? Uh, so I'm going to repeat the question. So the yeah. question is, how do you strike the balance between achieving what you have right now, but going for what you want in terms of like the entrepreneurial kind of mindset, I guess? Um, practicing gratitude. You know, that there, I tweeted it this morning, but there's not a morning that I don't wake up where I don't give thanks. Like, honestly, since I was a kid, um, my mum taught me how to pray. And she always says, you know, when you wake up in the morning, it's a blessing. So even just waking up and I... It may be, it could be raining and I'll still be happy, you know. Like, you just have gratitude and you just appreciate everything that you have around you. So whether you have little reminders of things that you've picked up along the way that you can keep in your room or around you, that's a really good way, I, I would say. So there's like, um, I have um, a piece of sand that I 
took from a cruise that I took my took my mum to after she uh, before she had cancer. That always reminds me that when I was there, I was very conceited. I don't yeah. want to ever go back to that again. So that's like at, at, at the end of my bed, there's like a desk there. I keep it there. I have the Bible next to me on the floor where, my, where I sleep. These, these are the type of things that I keep around me as like daily reminders. Mm. Um, and I think in order to keep yourself grounded, you have to, you have to almost... I wouldn't say compare because I think a comparison is a really negative thing to do but compare yourself to your old self and see how far you've gone yeah. see how far you've come from and see how far you want to go so I, my bedroom wall is full of manifestations as is my friends and so in my mind I know where I've come from and on my wall I know where I'm going to if That I hope that answers your question because that's literally mm. what I do yeah, yeah no, that's so. great. That's great. And then we got one more from Joe at the back. So you said you um, usually work from about six in the morning till midnight. Long day that. Yeah. If you'd had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? So, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> sleep. Yeah, sleep. Uh, but I, I read that you could you shouldn't sleep eight hours a day. I read that you should sleep between four to six because if you sleep anything over six hours, you put your body in a state of um um. You make your body lethargic. Yeah. Um, and there's certain sleeping schedules for certain lifestyles. Yeah. Um, so if your lifestyle doesn't require much from you, then they would advise you to sleep eight hours. But if you're like highly active, they would advise you to sleep four to six hours. That's mm. literally why I sleep at like, I try to go to bed at 10.30 and wake up at five. If I'm at my friend's houses, whatever time I come home, I always sleep six hours and then I wake up regardless mm. of how I feel. If I sleep eight hours... It's not a good day, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if I had an extra hour, yeah. I would sleep. Yeah. <laughs> also, I read a thing that your sleep works in ninety-minute cycles. I think it is yeah. or three-hour cycles or something like that. So, actually, an eight-hour sleep breaks the cycle yeah. before it completes. Yeah. So it should actually be nine. So that extra hour really? would be your ninth. It's weird. Well, no, I heard the your... I heard opposite. I heard the best nap to have is a twenty-minute nap. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then you should, yeah, twenty. 20 27 minutes. exactly 27 minutes it's very specific and then <laughs> and then you should like split your if you're going to sleep eight hours you should split it into two four hours yeah okay i heard but who has the time to do that yeah you know but <laughs> <laughs> jay-z we got another question at the back hey so i want to between the Uh, so the question is what is Megan's favourite quote because she's the queen of quotes can I get it can I, can you I, can get it yes, off your friend and your quote. favourite book and I'm actually worried that you've been reading my questions <laughs> I'm watching you <laughs> um, I've, got, I'm, I've got so many quotes on my phone I don't think I'd be able to find a favourite unless oh, you write everything I can't down remember it. screenshot everything it's on my wall and I see it every morning Nelson Mandela said this at his uh, speech but my mother put it on my wall from when I was a child because I've always suffered of like self-doubt mm. always so um, and isn't also Nelson Mandela's birthday today so this is quite it's, apt it's either it's his today? birthday or his anniversary or something it's one of the two yeah yeah there you go wow. it's the 100th birthday so fire away with the Nelson Mandela quote um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful but on measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. 
Your, pay, your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And we let our own light shine. We unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That's yeah. one of my favourite quotes. Beautiful. Yeah. It's How just... big is your wall as well? <laughs> it's actually quite, like, <laughs> the quote itself is tiny, but yeah, that's one of my biggest quotes, uh, my favourite quotes, because sometimes you do feel inadequate. Sometimes you do, you do allow yourself to be ridiculed with self-doubt. You think, why me, you know, or am I even worth, expressing myself would anyone care and, mm. and and the answer is yes people would care and even if they don't you should still do it and that's something that I always always have suffered with so to answer your question that's my favorite quote in regards to um my favorite book I think 48 laws of power mm. it's definitely something that I've I mean apart from the sociopathic <laughs> uh, tendencies that the book seems to have there's some really good gems in there that really do help you in business um, and so it's something that I've always kept on me. I used to have it in the boot of my car. It's just, yeah, that's probably mm. one of my favourite books. So Sick. Yeah. Check that one out as well. I've heard of it. 48, 48 Laws, Laws of, of Power. power. Um, all right. So do you see yourself more as the queen of quotes, <laughs> a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, or social media expert? Um, entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Queen of Quotes is cool, but I like that. That is sick. <laughs> Entrepreneur, definitely. Yeah. There's okay. always something that's like in our minds. There's always something that between my business partner and myself, we have like millions of ideas that we're always trying to like execute or work mm. with or collaborate with. Just entrepreneurship for me is is the way of life. So yeah, mm. entrepreneur. Nice. And can you tell me a time when you've had to face up to fear and how you dealt with that? Um. Today, <laughs> I think, um, no, with fear, I've always, like I said, with self-doubt comes overthinking and overthinking means you fear everything. And um, last year, Hussein Manuwa asked me to speak at his first show, which was going to be in front of 350 people, I'm not sure. And I said yes without hesitating. And in my head, I was thinking, what? why did you do that? And he expected me you know, to blow the show. So he made me headline. And I, I said to him, I've never spoken before. And um, the day of the event, no, weeks before the event, I was like having anxiety attacks. <laughs> like mm. I was thinking of so many different ways to cancel. It was really bad. And then, you know, I thought to myself, well, how are you going to feel after? How are you going to feel after you do the speech? When you're in an Uber back home, like how are you going to feel? And I thought to myself... I'm going to feel happy. Mm. I'm going to feel proud of myself. I've accomplished something that I've never done before. So that's how, that's how I'm going to feel. And I thought, okay, cool. The best way to conquer fear is to focus on the feeling afterwards, like mm. after you accomplish it. And that's literally what I do now. So I don't, I don't have fear on anything. So even today, I was more fearful of getting here late <laughs> than <laughs> not doing it and I know that how I'm going to feel after is much yeah. better so that's how I handle fear 
I would think about how I'm going to feel afterwards. Yeah. Or how I'm going to feel after I accomplish whatever it is that I'm going to do. And that's how I conquer fear. Love that. I love Thank it. You. Do you know what? You need to make like a video on that. Just I put will. that out into the, the world through your platforms because I think that will resonate with a lot of people because yeah. I haven't really heard of it put that way before. I've yeah. heard like how to deal with fear and like count to five and then go and do it or whatever it is. None but of that stuff worked for me. Yeah, I've I never I count to five it, yeah. and I'll still be nervous. <laughs> like, <laughs> but five more, five more. But no, I, I meant 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, definitely focus on how you're going to feel after and then you find yourself getting excited, you know, to do it. And I think afterwards when you realise that you've actually like accomplished this thing, you feel great. Like, okay, now, like mm. Hussein, he just invited us to speak at his last show, which was double the amount. Mm. I didn't care because mm. I knew afterwards I'll be happy. And as soon as I came off the stage, I think you were the first person that I saw, was it mm. Hussein? And I saw all of you lot's faces. So I was thinking, okay, it was good. And I was happy that I did it. And that's literally how I conquer fear. Yeah. So I don't think I'll be scared to do anything now. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Hey, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Sabira's laughing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Because, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, even this for me, is quite weird, if that makes sense. In a, in yeah. a, like, I was obviously nervous and scared to, like, put myself out there and put, like, tickets available for people to turn up. I think few people have. But the fear of it, you know, it could have just been me and you in a room was like, Ugh. but at the end of the day, I was like, it doesn't really matter because we're going to have a, matter, yeah. a wicked conversation yeah. one way or the other, whether there's people here or not. And yeah, I think sometimes just putting yourself out there, taking yourself out of that comfort zone and not too far, obviously, but just a little bit, just enough to make you feel that fear mm -hmm. and doing it. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you can then go, actually, that felt great mm -hmm. and then do it again and push it a little bit more. And then all of a sudden... I think you said earlier, you can look back at your old self from like six months ago and go, wow, yeah. I've done so much in that time. And I feel like that's a space where I'm at in terms of what I've been trying to do. You know, we've had these conversations about me filming videos of me talking to camera, which I hate, but I've been doing it. I remember it. the first video that you posted. It <laughs> <laughs> was literally celebrating because I remember how long it took you to post. Yeah, that was, that was good. I felt so happy when you posted that. Mm. <laughs> but I remember how long it took you yeah. to... Not that it took you long, it was just the... Did like held the duration, on to it for like a few yeah, days. Yeah, you did. I remember you told me when you finished filming it and then from then until you posted it, I think it was a couple of days, I'm yeah. not sure. But look at you now. And it all and funnily enough, that video was actually about not caring what other people think. Yeah. That was that was what was the ironic thing about the whole video. Yeah. But yeah, it went down really well and now I do them often but still hate the fact of talking and walking in, into a camera really like it's not I don't the know, videos I do get it. like the thing your, your your video got like four hundred thousand on my platform. Yeah, I mean, the best one. Yeah, that's the highest one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should all clap. Actually, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> no, thank you for putting it on. No, it's fine. It's good content. You know, that's a platform that that has inspired me. So to be there was amazing. It's like full circle. It was like, <laughs> it was, I had a little drink to celebrate. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but enough about me because this is about you. Um, can you tell me what is next for you? Um, I have a book coming out. Um, I don't have a release date, so I'm still working with Penguin. Um, so that's one of my biggest things that's happening. Um, I'm going to be focusing more on creating content for myself and creating myself into like a public or creating a profile for myself, mm. um, which is really difficult. Um, 
again with the whole self-doubt thing so it's just a bit it's hard it's really hard sometimes face the fear though yes (laughs) yeah so um i think in regards to myself those are the two things that i'm going to be doing um with the platform we're focusing more on video content so i'm just doing a lot of collaborations i'm just trying to work with as many people as possible and just create some of the cleanest motivating empowering content ever um Mm. i'm going to new york for the whole of september to try and just i'm literally going out there to meet up with a videographer and i'm just going to meet up with as many people on social media as i can Mm. and just film and have conversations so yeah yeah, i think with the goods we're just going to keep building literally and that's the thing with social media what we did we focused more on getting the following first and getting our audience. So we spent five years doing that. And now that we have like this massive audience, we want to make sure that the branding does what it says on the tin, which Mm. is to give this world good energy. So I'm not in a rush to do anything. (laughs) I just want to make sure that I do it properly. So yeah, personally, that's that's the things I'm doing and stuff for the company. Mm. And last time we spoke, you mentioned there was an app. Is that still in the works or have you been that? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, to, I don't know if I should say. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to okay. say. But yeah, you'll see something next year. Okay. Early next year, you'll see something. Okay, world exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also last time we spoke, you mentioned that you wanted to retire within seven years and then duck out and go to Trinidad. Did I is say that? that? Is yeah, that still on the cards? Because you've no. only got six left now. No, it's <laughs> not on the cards. I don't, do you know what? I was having a conversation with my business partner yesterday and... This is for life, mm. you know. This is literally for life. Just this whole buzz, like this whole just being an entrepreneur. You you can't stop, you know. Mm. If you do, you'll get bored. So, yeah, I'll slow down, but I would never stop. Yeah. So, yeah, never. Seven mm. years, no way. No good. Way. <laughs> I'm good. What you about know, yourself? What? When you Am I retiring in seven years? Hell yeah, no. no <laughs> I'm just getting started, to be yeah. honest. And I feel like I put a video out today actually talking about um, hitting the milestone of turning 30 and how I thought that was going to impact me Mm. and how I made sure it didn't. Mm. And essentially, I just focused on myself for like a year and a half, two years, made sure that when I did hit 30, I was in the best place I could be and had ever been mentally, emotionally, physically. And I was even telling people like six to four months before I turned 30, that was already 30. That's what I'm doing so, right now. <laughs> I told you to do this the other day. That's yeah, why. Yeah. Because you, mentally you're preparing yourself for it. So yeah. when you do hit that, that birthday, it's not a thing. Yeah. Like I actually went away for my 30th birthday with my family. And what we ended up doing was just chilling, have a really nice holiday. And it allowed me to reflect on the 30 years mm. that had gone by and look forward to the next 30. And then I came back and had a wicked party with all my friends. Yeah. Um, like my closest friends and, and family and, you know, the people who have really been around my life over those years and Mm. just celebrated and that was massive and honestly I feel so good like about being 30 like it literally feels like I've just started a new chapter or I'm just beginning like I said and that is so powerful for me um I can't remember the point of that but yeah that's basically where I'm at when you when you get to 28 is when you enter I think it's the throat chakra yeah so that's the that's the seventh cycle seven year cycle where 
I think that's your fourth one, isn't it? Or your fifth one, I'm not sure. Yeah. But that's fourth. when you create the most change. And whatever you do between 28 and 35 is going to stick with you for the rest of your life mm. in regards to evolving into the greater version of yourself. So some people don't, and then they get stuck like that for the rest of their lives. So, yeah, what you, what you did, like counting up to 30, that's literally what I'm doing yeah. now. But, you know, it's, a really, it's going to be a really difficult... It's going to be a really difficult cycle. A it's lot it's only as difficult happen. as you make it, to be fair. It's not a negative thing, though. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, before I ask you the final question, I want to, A, thank everyone who's here. B, thank you for being here. Thank also, you thank you for, me. like, you know, I've said this to you before, but I want to put it on record again. Like, your platform is one of the main reasons why I'm here and doing this right now. And for me, that is massive. You know, for this to come full circle, to hear you share the story with the people who are listening, the people here right now, like, that's, you don't understand how powerful that is for me. It's something that I would never have kind of imagined because I didn't know, you know, who ran the good quote or like, it was at this mysterious page, but it was amazing. And yeah, like to have you now as a friend is like seriously incredible. So I thank you for all of that and for being here and for everyone who came. Um, It's been an honor. And yeah, so final question. So Dreamers Diseased, hey. I didn't ask you this one last time. So Dreamers Diseased is the name of the podcast, the brand. And essentially, I believe that it's the disease of dreaming that stops us from being able to enjoy ourselves because we're too content in dreaming about the things we'd like to do instead of taking action on them and going mm-hmm. out to do them, mm-hmm. like a bit about what we spoke about. Um, but for you, what would be your interpretation of the Dreamers Disease or your definition? It's a good question. Um... I don't see dreamers disease as that though. That's that's interesting. Right, when you said that, I'm thinking is that that's that's your definition. That's interesting. Um, I saw it as the opposite. I saw it as you know, it's a disease not to dream. That's why I always thought it was because of the concept of your company, mm. your the, your brand as well, where um, you're focusing on talking to people who've done amazing things, who are dreamers. You know, I would have thought that dreamers disease was like it is a disease not to dream. That's mm. my perception of it. I love dreamers disease. Mm. I think it's sick. You're, you're on your 64th pod episode now? 50. 50? 50. Yeah. When I first met you, I think it was like... 10. You were episode 10. Yeah. And that was You've a big moment. You've done so much, Alex. Yeah. You've done so much. Mm. So, yeah, I've never saw it like that. That's interesting, though. But I, I, when I see it, dreamers disease, I think it is a disease not to dream. Mm. And that's how I've always perceived it. Yeah. So when you're talking to dreamers, I feel like you're inspiring people to continue dreaming. And that's why you're speaking to these mm. type of people. And the, the consistency <laughs> that mm. you have, 50 episodes deep, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, that's been an achievement. I want to it thank is. Andrew because Andrew's behind. Andrew edits all the podcasts. Oh, awesome. So he's like, he has to listen to my voice all every week, once a week by force um, so yeah big up Andrew um, but yeah look guys thank you so much for coming thank you Megan let's thank have a round of applause me. for Megan please thank you um, I hope you all enjoyed thank you so much for being here it means a lot more than anyone will ever know how much this means to me um, love you all and thank you so there it is guys that was Megan's story from the very first Dreamers Disease live show and It was really incredible to have not only Megan there to share her story again on the podcast, but also an audience and a crowd who were so engaged and so full of the will to learn. And there was a real buzz and energy in the room. 
and we all sort of hung around after and everyone was chatting and networking and having really good conversation. It was really great. But what I loved about what Megan was talking about is that sense of having a bigger purpose greater than yourself that you have to serve and how that serving of others is key to everything she does and her life and also her constant thirst for knowledge is something that I think we should all strive for is strive to learn strive to better ourselves all the time become that best version of ourselves so thank you again for listening as I said make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen iTunes Spotify wherever it is and if you want to connect with me or ask some more questions or Whatever it may be, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at IamAlexManzi. You can find me there. I'll look forward to connecting with a lot of you guys. So thanks again for listening and make sure you go out there and chase your dreams. This podcast is produced by Unedited.